Hi, and welcome to another episode of Transformations with Jane. Thank you for listening as always. And I hope you enjoyed the bonus episode that I released on Tuesday. If you haven't listened to that, then definitely listen to that one after this. It's very up to the minute. So um, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And yeah, lots of learning in there from my event last weekend um, that I hope you can take something away from too. And I hope that it will spur you on to do some action that's a little brave, yeah, that perhaps you wouldn't normally do. And if you do take some action, tell me about it. I love to hear about it. So today's episode, I will be talking to Patricia. She has the very cute online store, Tabby Tabby, yeah? and um, she is uh, from France and been living here in Japan longer than me. And we have lovely talk about what it's like to yeah have your own online store and yeah, her journey with that and it hasn't been a smooth rise to you know being um, the store it is today yeah and she's had a lot of struggles along the way so i hope you'll enjoy our little chat today and yeah here we go Hi, and welcome to the Transformations with Jane's podcast, Patricia. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to finally talk to you face, like not face to face, but yeah, actually talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Other than on social media, yes. We sort of of are in each other's uh, same circles a lot on social media, but we've never actually spoken. Yeah. Uh, so that was, was really exciting to have this chance to talk to you today. Exactly. Um, yeah, so thank you for agreeing to being on this podcast because I know you said uh, yourself that you had some um, doubts about whether you were a good fit, yeah? Yeah, because I, I, I didn't know exactly what kind of people you were looking for, um, you know, for your podcast, but, uh, well, seems, it seems to be okay for you. So. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to have um, a variety of people from different countries who are living in Japan and, yeah, experiencing life in Japan and how you're making your best life, yeah, <laughs> uh, living in a country that's not your own country, yeah, it's not easy. Uh, no, 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 it's not uh, easy, but for me, um, the first two or three years were actually the easiest because um you know everything new everything feels exciting and you have a lot of new opportunities you know coming your way but then through the years you know you know more about the society and you start well in my case i i had a feeling that i was started to you know bump into walls and uh, difficulties started to 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 appear, but um, yeah, and I think that the the, the most difficult moment when uh, was when you know I uh, became a mother <laughs> because I had to deal in Japanese with all the clinical words and all that kind of stuff, and uh, you know different mentalities about um, child education and all these kind of things. But uh, yeah. It's not easy all the times, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, it's definitely a huge learning curve becoming a mother in Japan, that's for sure. And I'm yeah. kind of grateful that 
Um, it took so long for me to actually become a mother in Japan. So by the time that happened, I'd been here nearly nine years. And yes. so I felt like I was, yeah, a little more able to deal with it than if I just arrived, perhaps. Yes, you know, that's right. I that would have been that. a really huge thing to have to deal with. Yeah. Yes. It's hard enough being a mother in your own country, <laughs> let alone in yeah. another country and a different language. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, but at the same time, um, you know, I don't know, we, I, I guess that we, we, we all have preconceptions or, you know, when I have a child, definitely I will do this and I will do that because, you know, you have all these things in your mind coming from your culture. And so, yeah, there was a few uh, walls I was bumping into, but at the same time, it also pushed me, uh, you know, to think outside my box anyway and give up about, you know, some uh, of, you know, preconceived ideas I had about, you know, raising children. Like, for example, I bought a bed, but I just threw it away after three weeks and uh, decided that we would all sleep on a futon because I thought it was actually easier to deal with futon than with a, with, you know, with a baby bed. So that was also very interesting anyway. So Japan had a, you know, few um, positive things to teach me also. <laughs> yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, I like how you adopted the Japanese culture and then persevering with your own because it just suited you better. Yeah. Yeah, like, we, yeah, we can learn lots of things from Japanese culture about raising our children as well as teach them a few things too, I think. Um, <laughs> one of the, um, the biggest questions or one of the most common questions I get from my Japanese friends is how on earth do you get your children to sleep in their own bed and you know I'm so sick of having someone's elbow in my ear and waking up <laughs> with no bed and you know like uh, the kids have kicked me in the face again or something yeah. and um, yeah so I said well you know it's it's very easy actually if you're ready to to let them sleep in their own room um so yeah they um that's something that i think japanese mothers struggle with the most is how to just to get their bed back from their children after, <laughs> after a certain amount of time well yeah. in this aspect i was very much like a japanese mother because my elder one was such a bad sleeper for so many years that actually it was easier to co-sleep with her so it's just only recently that they're they are actually sleeping in their own room Right, yeah. and yeah. It, and it's and it's um, because you know I had to wake up like maybe ten times, you know, at night and changing rooms and all. She was going back to sleep quite um, easily, but I wasn't. <laughs> so, right. yeah. yeah, it was better for me to 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 be you know just next to her. Sure. Uh, so yeah, yeah, but it's good to have your your own space back to just for yourself again. That's for sure. That's yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that uh, your daughter's um, sleeping issues were sorted out in the end. That's good. And now you, you can enjoy sleeping. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you, Patricia. So you're from France. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah. And uh, how did you come to be in Japan? Um, well, it's a long story, but a, a very simple one. Actually, uh, I, I've always wanted to come to, to, to Japan. Why exactly, I cannot say, but um, I like the movies, you know, the old uh, movies. I like, you know, 
watching books about Japan, Japanese gardens, and uh, the aesthetic in general. And um, I grew up in a very small town by the countryside, you know, in the countryside. And I was just, when I became a teenager, I was just dreaming of, you know, the day I would finally escape from this small, boring city and travel the world. Okay. And... Um, yeah, and uh, at university, I um, graduated as a, a teacher of French as a foreign language. And for that, you have to teach about two months somewhere in the world, and you have to find this place, you know, by yourself. And uh, I had Japanese friends who helped me finding a school here in Tokyo. And this is how I, um, you know, I came to Japan for the first time. And... I had very mixed feelings about Japan, you know, after these two months. Mm. But anyway, I, I decided that I would come back because, you know, during those two months, I could make some um, business opportunities, you know, contact with schools and all. And so that made it easier for me to find a job after graduating. And I'm, I'm, I'm still here. You know, a little over 20 years now. So. Right, yeah. 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't. There was no really uh, exact reasons why I, I, I wanted to be, you know, in Japan. It just, I cannot say it just happened. This is not true because I wanted to come here. <laughs> so, yeah. I wasn't, a, you know, a, a fan of manga or martial arts or, or whatever. This is not what really, you know, drew me here. But yeah, this yeah, is so. It's interesting that your own language drew you. Uh, somehow, you ended up in Japan. Yeah, but you, yeah. you found your place here, and yeah. you're still here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> Mostly because of my husband, because when I met my husband, I was really, really, really close to living Japan, actually. It was after seven years uh, being in Japan. Yes, I had this sort of a crisis, you know, and I was really thinking deeply about should I stay or should I go? <laughs> and I was, I, was, I was quite ready to go. But then I met my husband and I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> so he just happened to come along at the time where you were yeah was that a sign I don't leaving. know and Japan threw you a threw you a bone <laughs> threw yeah. you a, a potential husband um so did you find that um you know eligible men were kind of difficult to come by I definitely found that here in in my part of Japan which is sort of more rural where um, there was just no dates going for the female um, oh. foreigners, yeah. Whereas the male foreigners would have like ten girls lining up to go out with them, didn't matter how you know ugly or <laughs> whatever they were. Um, but for the girl, for the you know, females, there was just nobody around who would dare invite them out on a date or anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, well. I don't know. I've always been living in Tokyo. So um, actually, in my case, I thought it was much more difficult to, 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 to um, you know, relate to foreign guys. And because they were really, really 
um, not into the foreign girls. They were all after the Japanese girls yes. and they wouldn't say even hello when being introduced to you or something, you know. Um, and it was actually, it was, yeah, it was better <laughs> to communicate with the, with the Japanese guys. And uh, they are definitely shy. Uh, I don't know if they are less shy now because I have the feeling that I see more and more uh, mixed couples with the guy being Japanese and the woman being a foreigner. So uh, I think that there has been an evolution, you know, compared yeah. to 20 years ago. Um, but for me, actually, it was better to, you know, connect with Japanese guys. It's easier to connect with Japanese guys than with foreign guys. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah definitely foreign guys were off the menu but here and totally and yeah not like you know on a friendship level sure there are lots of um japanese guys around but yeah getting up the courage to go beyond that was really not happening yeah so a lot of um women i think all over japan don't stay very long because yeah, yeah. they're not mm -hmm. to meet anyone to keep them there um yeah. But yeah now it's happening definitely i'd say have happening far more that there are far more Japanese men with foreign women but also perhaps they're becoming more attractive to foreign women in the fact that they tend to be more able to you know less more modern perhaps shall we say you know um more interested in taking care of their own children and looking after themselves and not expecting just to marry a another mother perhaps <laughs> which yeah. is a, a kind of a worldwide problem anyway but um it was sort of very much a big problem in japan i think yeah mm -hmm. yeah and and actually it was part of um you know why i wanted to leave japan it's not because i was you know i didn't have a date opportunities but i had it was i don't know it was tricky <laughs> in a way and i, I I don't know, the, the, the Japanese guys at first, they were very shy and they were very silent. And I, I, I call them the grumpy guys because you yeah. know, most, of, most of the answers I could get from them was like, mm, yeah, that kind of sound <laughs> only, you know, it was, it was, yeah, it was quite, a, yeah, sorry for saying that, but a pain in the ass you know sure. <laughs> um, going on a date with them it was it was it was very tiring very energetic yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and my husband is you know sort of an exception but he's very ch chatty and uh, very relaxed and outgoing so that was quite easy but uh, yeah and i was wondering uh, you know if i was going to miss you know a lot uh, in this aspect by staying in Japan any longer, you know, right. because I was getting into my thirties and all, and I was just wondering if you stay here any longer, will this really happen? <laughs> you know, I was, I was really wondering about that. That's for sure. Well, that's interesting that the perfect, the perfect person came along just when you needed them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect Japanese man. Yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah. So, um, how do you how do you deal with you know being away from France and being in Japan now that you have your own family as well? Mm, yeah, I, basically it's okay for me. I feel okay. 
Um, but yes, of course, the, the, the distance sometimes is, you know, a trouble because um, France is very far. And as you know, uh, it costs a lot of money to go back. And um, it's, it's um, yeah, maybe if I was living in a, in a closer country, that would feel, uh, you know, easier. The distance is actually a, a, a problem. Um, yeah, now that I am a mother, I wish that my children could see their grandparents from the French side more often um, because it doesn't make it very easy to go back because it happens only once a year for a month mm. only. And it takes at least maybe um, one week. Well, for my kids, it's no problem, but I, it takes some time for my parents to adjust to my daughters sure <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. because you know they know them and actually they don't really know them it's they don't really know they're not really sure how to behave with them and of course there is the language problem it's not that they cannot speak french but they are not totally fluent uh when we go back to france they they speak french and more or less they can express what they want to say but my especially my mother she doesn't feel comfortable with that and so it's make things things a little clumsy and uneasy and um yeah i don't know if some other people uh feel the same when they go back home but it takes some time anyway for you know, each other to adjust to each other and uh yeah it's 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 a little bit strange <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting observation. I haven't noticed that myself yet when we go home um, because my kids are still very balanced with their languages. Mm -hmm. They're so small, yeah. They're, they're six, uh, six and three, yeah. So mm -hmm. um, they're in English and Japanese is pretty same, mm -hmm. you know, same level at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess also because maybe the until now we've gone home twice a year and I think that helps yeah so more often but um perhaps you know the twice a year is a lot easier to to deal with perhaps you know like oh yeah. we just saw you not that long ago <laughs> you haven't yeah. that much. but if it's a whole year that is quite a long time in, in a kid's yeah. life isn't it yeah so yeah. um yeah that's an interesting observation I wonder how we'll go because from this year my daughter started school and we won't be going twice a year as we have been so it'll be probably once a year and maybe we might meet my family somewhere in the world at another time i'm hoping you know like um you know let's meet in australia or let's meet in hawaii or some you know it's yeah something i'd love to do so i think it's you know often said you know rather than one long vacation together a couple of small ones is just as effective and actually better yeah, you can yeah. enjoy it more yes. so um, yeah i'm aiming for that as well um somehow to to give them that um you know face-to-face -face time with their new zealand family yeah um perhaps without necessarily having to go all the way to new zealand because it's it's um what does it, it takes three days for us to get from my house to my mother's house yeah three oh, days yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so far and um yeah you said i'm um, going to france is expensive um yeah it's also it's crazy expensive to go to new zealand yeah it's just 
mm-hmm. only one or two companies that fly there. So <laughs> oh, was, yeah, yeah, have a monopoly on that. Um, yeah, so yeah, getting to so you know living in in Japan and dealing with yeah going back to France. So it should be a happy time, but sometimes it's not always. Yeah, it's easy as you think it should be. Yeah, it it is a happy time, uh, and my girls they love going back to France for the summer every year. They just from January they ask me, "Are, are we going back this year too?" It's, they're really looking forward to it. Yeah, but it's 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 of course I am happy too, but it, it is rather for me and my parents that things are not so easy. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> kids are more flexible aren't they they just sort of fit yeah, in my mother is a, uh, is a little bit hesitant to, to to be alone with my girls so um you know i'm also hesitant to leave her alone even if it's just for a couple hours or five hours alone with my girls because i know she feels uneasy because of the language issue and all that kind of thing so uh, and sometimes yeah, you know, it's not that we argue about it, but uh, it can create some frictions because, sure. of course, when I go back, I'm tired and I want to relax and I want to go to the cafe with, you know, old friends and all the kind mm. of things. But I feel a little guilty to ask my mom, can you look after the girls tonight and all that kind yeah. of thing. So it's not so... Yeah, and, and it's very strange for me because as a, as a, as a child, uh, um, I never knew my grandfathers because they were dead before I was born. But and one of my grandmother was living far away, but I was very very close to my uh, other grandmother who was li- living very uh, close to us, and uh, so it's it feels a little bit strange for you know that my girls cannot have this kind of relationship with their grandparents. Right. But it cannot be helped, so we have to create something new you know other ways to connect and have a yeah a deep deep deep, uh, um yeah other ways to create deep connection anyway between the grandchildren and the grandparents it has to be done other ways but um yeah yeah perhaps it's just a matter of yeah more more work yeah because of your location and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not as easy or perhaps as natural as it was and because we have a couple of friends who are living in london uh of, she is japanese and he is french so of course uh she only comes back uh to japan once a year but uh, actually they navigate in between france and england like maybe 15 times a year mm. because it's really cheap and really easy to go and so yeah it's you know a long distance make things complicated that's for sure yes that's for sure mm. something i didn't think about before moving to japan <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes yeah. i told myself you should have thought better <laughs> <laughs> well you know um, my my husband's family doesn't live here in fukushima with us they live in totori right which mm-hmm. is at 1000 kilometers away yeah to get there sometimes it costs almost as much and takes almost as long as it does mm-hmm. to go to new zealand like honestly it's even though yeah. we're in the same country <laughs> um, so the yeah, other like last week we came back from golden week and it took usually it takes 16 hours driving to get from there to here oh wow um, that's and long. That's we long. do we do that because it's so much more affordable than 
all of us flying there. Yeah. Yeah, even, you know, within the same country. Imagine if you were at the top of France and your mother was at the bottom. I think you'd probably have yeah, yeah, some kind of problem. Yeah. Sure, but, yeah, but um, 16 hours is very long. But um, if, if I was, you know, uh, in France and we were living, you know, uh, far away from each other, anyway, that, that, that would make it very easy because actually I'm living I'm a, from a small town in the south of France and to go to Paris by train it's only four hours anyway so <laughs> that, that would be manageable that would be manageable, manageable. Mm. Yeah. and no jet lag yeah I yeah. that's that's I feel I feel a little sorry for the people who come to Japan from Europe because <laughs> that jet lag really just does kick your butt for oh. a week each side of your trip yeah absolutely until you adjust whereas new zealand it's one or two days and you're fine yeah yeah a few hours difference so i really appreciate <laughs> that <laughs> so um yeah let's talk a little bit about what you do so you teach you still teach french yeah i still teach french as a foreign language um yeah, after I had my second daughter, before I was working in three different places, but after I had my second daughter, it was quite difficult to, um, you know, manage all the, 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 the commuting in between all these places. So I'm now working only in one place and it's only two days a week. So that gave me some time to start uh, my, uh, my business. And so, yes, so I'm, a, I'm, I'm still a teacher and now I have my online business too. Yeah. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about you. How did you come to start your, your store? So you have an online store, don't you? Yes. I have an online store for Japanese items and um, actually I already started it two years ago and um, I, I, uh, opened it in 2009 or something like that and I had to stop for two years after I had my second daughter and so I started again two years ago and uh, well you know after being in Japan for some time I wanted to do something about you know being in Japan there, there are things that I wanted to express and I was wondering, should I try and write a book? Should I have a blog? Should I? I was thinking about many, many things. And um, the, originally, the, the, the main idea for starting the shop was my uh, love for jikatabi. Oh, uh, sorry? Jikatabi, you know, the, 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 the shoes that uh, gardeners and yes, yes, those, uh, yeah, that people wear, the matsuri and all. Yes, those and, ones with the toes and the... And, yes, you know. that's right. And um, so I, that, that was the original idea. I wanted to sell them. And um, so that's why I, I, I opened a shop. I finally made up my mind on opening a shop. And now... Um, the, the idea behind my shop is to uh, um, uh, introduce the Japanese traditional patterns 
Um, it took me some time, actually a lot of time to realize that this is something I really, really loved uh, about, you know, the Japanese culture. And uh, in the beginning, I thought that maybe I was attracted to kimono and that kind of stuff. And then I realized, no, no, more than the kimono itself, it's the patterns. Uh, I'm, I'm really in love with the patterns. And so I choose all the items around this idea of introducing Japanese patterns and um, in the blog I have a blog also of course I sometimes talk about my life in Japan or I don't know many many things um, but I, I also um, have blog posts about you know those patterns explaining a bit about their history um, their meaning and it's really really interesting because then um, you know, um, I'm, because I'm learning a lot myself and I'm learning about the Japanese culture and Japanese history in a very, very new way. So <laughs> this is very interesting. Yes. Yeah, I love how you found, you know, like your niche with, yeah. your, with your store. Yeah, like you're not trying to sell everything about Japan, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. You're just focusing on this aspect of the patterns, yeah. And yes. So, you know, I was looking through your store before you've got, um, you know, different products and things that we, but you can enjoy the Japanese patterns on those products, yeah, whether they're um, an obi or um, a haori, their coat that goes over the kimono, or even like, you know, a phone case, something simple like that, yeah. Yes. And the, yes. the, and the patterns you've got are so beautiful. Thank you. And it's really a joy to look at, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if anyone wants to check out the store, it's www.tabitabiya.com. That's tabitabiya.com. Yeah? yeah. So you cool. can go and have a look at it. It's all in French, but I think most people will be able to <laughs> figure out which is the shop and, um, and that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Google Translate is actually very good from, you know, uh, in between uh, English and French. The translation is pretty accurate. So <laughs> that might be a good help. Anyway, but people can contact me in English or even in Japanese. That's no problem. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I see you have a section called creations or creations. Yeah. I'm my French is not good. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, <laughs> and that is, is that things that you've made yourself? Yeah, because, uh, it's another aspect of what I wanted to do for a, a long time. And so before, when I first had the shop, I, I, I didn't have my own designs on, on the shop, but, um, this time I took the opportunity also to start working on, uh, on, on making my own designs, mostly for, uh, uh, you know, um, a home decoration like the cushion covers and uh, some bags. You cannot see them on the site for now, but uh, this is, yeah, something I've always wanted to do. And like I explained on the, on the, on the blog, uh, when I was pregnant with my first daughter and had some... Uh, just a few weeks for me, <laughs> you know, uh, just before um, uh, she was born, I took the opportunity to learn, uh, you know, uh, sewing kimono bags uh, with, a, with a Japanese teacher. Mm -hmm. And so that was a very, very nice uh, adventure for me. Uh, you know, learning how to work with those wonderful fabrics. And uh, yeah, so 
it, it takes, you know, as I have two jobs and, you know, children and a home and all these kind of things, life is quite busy. So I'm slowly working on it. But this is definitely something that I want to develop uh, in the future. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's the um, slowly will get you there. Yeah. Just being being consistent and taking some actions every day or so. Yeah. And if it's just one small thing, yeah, we'll get there in the end. And that's probably a really good motto for all of us mothers who are trying to do something of our own, like having <laughs> your own shop. Um, you know, other people's stuff will always pop up, but you know, if you can just take even a small amount of time to, to work on it, you'll get there in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you'll look so. back <laughs> and you'll notice, Oh, look how far I've come. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, so what, what is, you know, for, for people who are thinking of starting their own store in Japan or wherever uh, online store, what, what would you say was, um, you know, one of the biggest learning curves or a difficult thing about starting the store well for me it was the 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 language was the biggest barrier because um you know i can communicate in japanese and feel at ease uh, for everyday uh conversation for daily conversations but uh you know when when it, it 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 comes to more technical uh issues uh i i was a little you know, I am lost with the Japanese anyway. And um, so, uh, and also I had contacted a, a company actually for, you know, setting up uh, the store and they were offering a service, you know, catering to foreigners in Japan or Japanese people who wanted to sell abroad. But <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> they closed the service. <laughs> so they're not offering it anymore. And I wonder whether you know, they were, they were not gathering enough customers or, or whatever, but um, yeah, from Japan, selling abroad seems to be uh, still a difficult thing to do. So um, then I had to contact other people who knew more uh, about that than me, and um, they helped me actually setting up the store. I didn't do it completely on my own, even though nowadays, you know, using all these platforms, I am using Wix, but you have many other platforms really make it easy. Um, it's good to have, you know, the help of uh, people that are very wise about all this technical stuff and, and this kind yeah, of... Yeah, I guess you said you started in 2009. So back then there was very little online store platforms like there is today. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I was actually, I started with, um, with um, you know, um, the company that operated the website for me was actually located in France. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. Yeah, because I, I, I couldn't do it all in Japanese uh that, that that was not possible and uh but yeah one thing I, I i i want to be very clear about is that i didn't do it all on my own ah, <laughs> so anyway, yes. i i'm the type of person who tends to do everything on her own but uh yeah i mean i had to admit that i was limited as far as this kind of things was concerned and that i needed the help of um of other people 
And before launching the shop again, I, I, I planned things for about three years, you know. Yeah, and quite, right. yeah, digging info about this and many, many, many kind of things because um, setting up the store is not that difficult in itself. It's all the other things, <laughs> you know. Uh, name what's going to go in the store and all what's going to go yeah. in the store how to reach your you, you know yeah, your getting some customers target, <laughs> yeah, yeah your target audience how to market yourself and um well many many other things i had actually marketing is you know something i had no clue about so i had to ask somebody to help me on that and uh, i'm still working with her <laughs> to be honest <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's interesting because then uh, I'm, I'm, I'm also learning many, many new things and um, it's making my word richer. So that's, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's no shame in asking for help, is there? And it things go to go better when you do. Absolutely not. It's something really, really necessary, really necessary. Some yeah. people do the job much better than you. And if you want... Um, things to, to, to work, even though it, it really takes a lot of time because now you have, when I first started the shop, I didn't have many competitors and uh, I started again two years ago and you have so many, 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 many shops offering more or less the same kind of things. You know, you have many shops offering Japanese items and all. This is a complete a completely different market things are completely different and there are some people who just know uh, how to do the job better than you and even if it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort if you want it to work um, you have to, to you know find the right people you cannot do it all by yourself that's not possible mm. because the the, the you know, even if you didn't know much about marketing or technical stuff and all, you could do it before. But now, I don't think it's possible. So you have to at least work with one or two uh, persons. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where do you see this, this online store of yours going or your general... Um, life going in the future what would what are your dreams for tabi tabia um actually if things go well in the in the direction i want tabi tabia to go i would like to s sort of making it to uh, turn it into a concept store where i would introduce um you know uh works by japanese artisans like uh, potters or uh, I don't know uh, textile makers or um, zoli makers or whatever but I would like to support um, and introduce yeah works by Japanese artisans it could be you know all kind of things but I would like to serve as an um, as a go-between in between those Japanese artisans, um, some of them can speak English and can do that all by themselves. But I've noticed that a lot of people are not very comfortable in approaching the foreign market. And so I would like to serve as a go-between in between, you know, go-between uh, in between those Japanese artisans and, you know, people all over the world. 
and not just uh, you know artisan in Japan, but also like for example, I know a couple of French potters. In uh, there, there <laughs> I went to visit them. Where was it? Four years ago, or something like that. And they live not very far away from my hometown, in the middle of nowhere in the countryside. The place is really beautiful, and um, they have learned uh, Japanese pottery. And so they are making their uh, bowls for, um, you know, tea ceremony. Mm. Yeah, and they have built uh, their own uh, oven, you know, next to their house and all that kind of stuff. And so I want to introduce uh, this kind of people. So that is my dream for the future. <laughs> I don't know if I can go that far. Oh, I think uh, you can, because there's definitely a market for Japanese you know, handmade goods outside yeah. of Japan. And in fact, their value is probably appreciated a lot more outside of Japan, I think, perhaps. Um, yeah. Especially younger people these days, perhaps in Japan, not so interested in those sort of old-fashioned <laughs> things or whatever. Um, but outside Japan, there is definitely a, a lot of fans of Japanese yes. uh, traditional yes. items like kimono or mm. uh, pottery or all of that. So, yeah, and it's great because you have the skills and the you know and you have the platform with your store but also the language abilities and the the cultural understanding to be able to deal with both you know with the japanese artisans and the the customers on the other side whereas so you're in a unique sort of position there and so i i definitely believe that uh tabi tabia is going to be doing this in the future step by step yeah (laughs) yes so yeah do you um have any offers that our listeners might be interested in at the moment uh at the moment uh there will be some offer uh coming up for mother's day because mother's day in france is happening on the last sunday of may um so there will soon be something happening you know on the on the on the website and i am now working on the new uh on new um new bags so hopefully i can be able to introduce them very soon and uh, yeah <laughs> look out for those new bags on your website that you've made from kimono yeah uh yeah this time they will be with um obi they oh you're making them with obi, obi. Yeah. Okay. with the belts yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'm interested to see what you create yeah yeah. <laughs> so now that you've said that on my podcast, you have to go and do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am working. I am working on it. <laughs> no, but yeah, the past couple of weeks have been pretty hectic, you know, with the girls being sick and a lot of things happening. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's really difficult to keep, you know, the, the, the things going sometimes, you know, so I am working on them. I okay. when i will be able to introduce them on the show very soon hopefully (laughs) yeah definitely especially because the listeners are waiting for for you to put them on your website yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know what it is about april and may but those months just flew by this year and i think it's the kids being in and out of school and not being in school properly and yeah yeah um, yeah, it's it's it's. Um, I'm sure many others feel the same, but it's um, 
it's uh, pretty hard, you know, to, to, to keep focused uh, on building your business when you have, you know, well, I have another job also. And when you, you have small kids and, uh, yeah. And especially, you know, as in, 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 maybe it's the same for you. I don't know, but, uh, in Japan, it's not really, really easy. You know, men work very long hours and, uh, well, a lot of things just fall on your shoulders, right? Sure, yeah. <laughs> so that's a lot to deal with. So that's sometimes very, very frustrating. And you just wonder, why the hell am I doing that? But uh, yeah, you have to go uh, with the waves, I think. <laughs> and it all will work out in the end, as long as you just don't give up, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Keep thinking yeah. one more step and yeah. one more step. Yeah, yeah. you'll get and, there. Uh, yeah so but uh, yeah it's it's not really easy <laughs> sometimes to deal with your feelings of frustrations and yeah. you'll feel down and all that kind of stuff but uh, yeah you have to find uh, the ability within yourselves to you know always jump back and say it's okay it's been like that for the past two weeks but it's going to you know, get better and just keep on doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's just a season of busyness and we'll get yeah. there and yeah. 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 Well, it's been wonderful talking to you today, Patricia. Thank you for coming along oh, on you. this podcast. I've really enjoyed hearing about how you came to start your shop and um yeah, what kind of things you had to deal with there as well as your your life and journey in Japan. Yeah, it's been great. Thank, Thank you. you very much. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, and I hope we will be able to meet in person. Yes, <laughs> well, definitely. Yes, definitely. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one day. <laughs> one day for sure. All right. Thank you very much for joining no, no, me today. For, for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank bye. Bye-bye. So that was the interview between me and Patricia. I hope you enjoyed that and you could get something to take away from that that's useful to you, that you can use in your daily life wherever you are in the world, though I imagine quite a few of my listeners are from Japan. But if I'm wrong, I'd love to hear from you. So um, wherever you are in the world, give me a shout out on Instagram. I'm at Jane Nakata on Instagram. Give me a screenshot and tag me and a screenshot of you listening to the podcast and tag me and tell me where you are. I'd love to hear where my listeners are. <laughs> I'm just assuming you're all in Japan, but if you're not, then please do prove me wrong. Okay. I'd love to hear from you. And as always, I'll be back again soon. And my next episode is going to be with the wonderful Sarah Bull. Um, she's a translator here in Japan. And so for all you people who are interested in perhaps pursuing the life of a translator, then you should definitely listen to this episode coming soon. All right. Thanks for listening today. And I look forward to uh, talking to you again soon. Bye.